We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you, and everyone, welcome to our Buffalo Common Council Committee on Education. Um, John, call the first item. Item number one, Arts for Learning, Western New York. This item is open. Mr. Chair, I have a motion to table items one and two. Motion to table items one and two, seconded by Council Member Wyatt. Item number three, Buffalo Public Schools Student Transportation. Mr. Chair, this item is open. Thank you, and uh, this item is a resolution that was submitted by uh, Council Member Wyatt, sponsored by other council members. Um, just wanted to do some housekeeping rules as we start. Um, we have some speakers here today and some on Zoom, so uh, everybody will have three minutes to speak, and uh, I'll give the floor to Council Member Wyatt. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And thank you to all of our guests who have come to speak on this very important matter. And I just want to make it clear um, we are very concerned about this, and we wanted to be clear in our stance. Um, many of these children are, are in our community. Um, many of them are not getting the necessary um, courses and things that they, we, they need um, because of inequity in some cases. And we just want everyone to work together. I mean, when we talk about um, making sure that children get a world-class education, it takes all of us. And how our school system goes is how our city goes. And so this is paramount to us, for us. And we're asking everyone to come together and put the children first. That's what it's all about. It's not about any political group, about any particular group of people. It's about the children. And at the end of the day, when we keep the children first, um, we can't come to a resolution. Um, it's just get, making sure it's children focused. Um, when a child is out there in the cold, especially in Buffalo with winds, and some of them may not have adequate coats and shoes and boots and those type of things, they're at risk. And so we have to take that into consideration. We can't think that every child has coats and boots and all those things. Um, some of them may not have eaten. There's a whole lot of things that go into 
what impacts our children. And so we want to take this one off the table. They should be being picked up. They should be transfer, um, transported to where they need to go to get the extra courses that they need during the pandemic. They needed some additional um, resources to get them, bring them back on par. Those are all critical things. And for them not to get it, they fall further behind. So this is an important conversation. I'm thankful that uh, Mr. Radford and um, those who will be speaking today have come um, to talk about this issue that we can all work together. Um, again, the Common Council doesn't have a vote. We are not the Board of Education, but we do have a bully pulpit, and we want to utilize that to bring to request that all parties come together to make certain that, again, our focus is on the children. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Council Member. Council President? I'll be very brief so we can hear from the um, speakers. But I want I think Councilmember Wyatt just used the words, I want to be clear. Someone asked about a comment that I made about we don't have a vote, but we have a voice. And it was like, oh, so why are you using your voice for this? I, I don't know how this became a fight between employees and school district and the council. So this resolution that was, was filed is different than the former resolution because we we're not trying to fight with anybody. We're trying to fight for our children. That's it. And if children are able to have after-school activities and we have the transportation, adults will get paid. And I think at the end of the day, because I'm not interested in somebody asking me why I'm using my voice or why are you all doing such, such. All we're asking for is let's work together to get our greatest commodity, our children educated and to get them back, to get them on track after having years of not being in school and then having, and we know it's a national problem, we know that, but a national problem doesn't mean that a local municipality should not try to solve it. We, we should be the problem solvers. And, and, and at the end of the day, that's all this resolution calls for. It does not, it is not anti-union. It is not against the teachers. It is not against the administration. It's for the children, period. And, and for me, if, if that makes us bad because we're saying, hey, let, let's all, let's all work together so we get our children what they need. Then count me bad, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm so lost at how this became such a hot um, um, uh, iron of, of an issue instead of saying, let's get it done. And if there are ways that we can assist that, that but again, I'm going to say it for the last time. I said at a meeting that was held at, at, at the church, we're, we're here. If you need something, let's talk. We don't, we don't, we, 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 we have a voice and we're trying to use it in a constructive way to ask people to come together and, and try to fix that. And that's not just here. I think this is, if this is a national issue, it is, then we should ask federal government. We should ask state government and nothing should be off of the table. Um, I just wanted to say that because I, I don't know how this became a fight among adults instead of a fight for our children. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I appreciate it. And, you know, there are a lot of layers to this, a lot of interested parties, but you're right. Um, at the end of the day, we represent parents and students 
And so uh, that's why we're trying to lend our voice to this with a well-rounded discussion. So um, with that said, we'll get to our speakers. Uh, first on my list, I have uh, Mr. Sam Radford. Good morning, council members, and thank you so much again for um, taking the time to listen to us. My name is Sam Radford. I'm a director of the CAO Better Schools Better Neighborhood Program, but I'm also the co-chair for uh, the Buffalo Education Equity Task Force. Uh, and we're here today just asking for help, you know, anything that can be done to help uh, solve what we as a, a task force um, see as a major crisis going on in our community. Um, yesterday was Dr. King. Uh, day in this community, and, and one of the principles of King and nonviolence is um, nonviolence is for courageous people. Because courage, in order to, uh, to in order to use the principles of nonviolence, you have to be able to go to where injustice exists and confront injustice. Um, but there are people who benefit from injustice to push back. Um, so you have to have the courage to do that. And so what we're here to do to is say is that right now. Um, in the city of Buffalo, which this council represents every constituent, um, there is a serious inequity going on, a very serious inequity going on. Um, for children, um, and when I say children, I'm talking about some of the poorest children in the United States of America um, who have to catch the bus to school, um, they are not able to get a full day of instruction. Um, so uh, the, the chief operating officer informed us at, a, at our transportation committee meeting that that was twelve to 13,000 students every day who don't get a full day of instruction. Now, if you're a student who have the privilege of your parents being able to bring you to school or you live close enough to school to walk to the school, you can have a full day of instruction. Those children um, who don't have a full day of instruction also don't have access to after school. But again, if you're a child who parents can bring you to school, you have that privilege, or you live close to, you can have after-school program. There are children who don't have access to modified sports. But if you are, again, privileged and your parents can bring you to school and you can walk to, you have access to modified sports. So we have a group of children, the poorest children um, in, in the city, who do not have the same educational opportunity as every other child in all of West New York. So when we say this is a national problem, that this is going on everywhere, well, it's not going on everywhere like it's going on in Buffalo because everybody else has solved it to, you know, to a degree, you know, for all of their kids to get a full day of instruction and to have access to everything that they would need to be able to, um, you know, get their education, um, except this group of kids. And so what we're looking for is a solution. The superintendent has offered a solution. We actually have all the things we need to solve the problem. We can get these children a full day of instruction. We can get these children after school. We can get them off the bus for, they on the bus for an hour to school and an hour from school. They sometimes get to school late. They sometimes are getting home as late as seven o'clock at night. The superintendent has proposed a solution. There is pushback because the union would have to agree with that solution. What we're looking for is that if that thing's a solution, can somebody please come up with a, a solution? We're willing to be part of the process. We're willing to be at the table. We're hoping that this platform, the education committee of this council, can be a place where people can come and offer solutions. The only thing, and I'm wrapping up now, the only thing that we see as unacceptable, council member, is for us to continue to watch our most vulnerable children fall further behind, and everybody who's not falling behind because most of the decision makers don't live in the city of Buffalo. In this case, the union, the, the teachers don't live in the city of Buffalo. They're not impacted the same way. Most of the decision makers, children are not affected by this. The most vulnerable 
parents are the ones affected by this, and their voice is the one that we're not factoring, and, they're, and they're, they're, therefore they're not getting their need met. And our prayer is that you can be helpful in the process of meeting that need. Thank you. We have another speaker at the mic. Please state your name for the record. Hi, my name is Monica Stevens. Uh, I have a, a handout for you guys or for the city clerk. Yeah, here we go. There's two, two copies of it. So. Uh, I'm here on behalf of the Buffalo Parent Teacher Organization, the BPTO. We represent families at all 56 Buffalo public schools. Um, uh, and in collaborating with administrators, school staff, community members to facilitate student success across the city. I was disappointed to see the Common Council's support for the three bell system in Buffalo Public Schools. I really appreciate what Councilman Pridgen su suggested, of the, working together, and, and the points that he raised. Uh, as in New York, we democratically elect a Board of Education to oversee the schools uh, and to exercise local control over education. Uh, we separately elect a Common Council over the district. So uh, to request that Governor Hochul declare a state of emergency uh, and impose and immediately execute a schedule for the three bell system is, is a bit of an overreach um, from the Common Council. The Board of Education doesn't make resolutions for municipal zoning, so uh, Council probably shouldn't make recommendations for changing when school begins and ends. Uh, but also, I wanted to raise that the discussion that happened uh, in these chambers was woefully misinformed. Uh, without getting into the mistruths of that, uh, such as the erroneous claim that students are losing between one and three hours of instruction a day. That is simply not happening. Uh, I want to specifically address the claim that parents support this. They do not. I want to be very clear on that. Parents do not support the three-bell schedule. Uh, before taking any position on the three-bell schedule, the Buffalo Parent Teacher Organization surveyed parents uh, that send their kids to Buffalo Public Schools uh, to develop a consensus of opinion. Just before we took any position, we wanted to make sure that we were accurately representing the parents we represent. Um, and uh, what was very clear from our survey, and I've, I've shared the results uh, with you, uh, and you can take a look at that, was that 86% uh, did not support any change in bell schedule. Uh, and only 6% support an immediate change in bell schedule. But what I thought was more important was that parents gave, provided their reasoning for taking these positions. Uh, and most parents do not have, uh, or most families don't have a parent that stays at home. The reality of a city that is that most parents work. We have a lot of single parents in our district. Um, and so if they have a child, if they have two children, if they have one child that has a late school starting at 9.30 and another at an early school, dismissal at 2.30, they have less than a five-hour work day. And so for single parents, a 25-hour work week is simply not enough to maintain their employment and provide for their families. Uh, many parents were very concerned about the additional cost of childcare. One wrote, my child whose school would shift earlier would cost an additional $75 a week in childcare. My family would be in a horrible position if this were to happen. Parents can't actually afford the childcare, and we don't have a lot of affordable childcare options in the city. So this also doesn't address the busing issue specifically. It punishes parents and children in the district by having children waiting for buses as early as 6 a.m. Uh, and this is counter to scientific research connecting earlier start times with poor academic performance, increased absences, reduced attention, and increased behavioral problems such as fighting. 
In a separate survey conducted by BPS, parents overwhelmingly wanted after-school programming and modified sports for children. But again, this proposal eliminates that possibility, particularly for late schools. Both after-school programming and modified sports depend on students from nearby schools participating at the same time. If some of those schools end at 2.30 and some at 4.30, this wouldn't be possible for them to hold these sports. Uh, the BPS COO, David Hills, reported that in December, less than one-fifth of 1% 1 of students which were on buses delayed in the morning, and 1.3% in the afternoon. This is very close to pre-pandemic levels and does not constitute supplanting the parents, teachers, and board of education in order to implement. Parents of Buffalo Public Schools have been very clear on the detrimental impact of the three-bell schedule, and BPS's own numbers show it's unnecessary. Furthermore, this should not be a debate in Common Council and should be left to the Board of Education to, direct, to, uh, to, to address directly with first student. The three-bell schedule has been championed by special interests, charter schools, and union-busting efforts. So as a parent of a BPS first grader, I'm asking you to prioritize your constituents and stop listening to these special interests at the expense of our students. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Chair. Council President Pridgen. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and I'm glad, glad you're here, and I hope you take this message back. Because I've said it, I've said it on the floor, and still it's as if this common council is trying, so I'm going to be real clear. We're not talking about item number two, which in item number two talked about the governor and all that. It was a late file that this council received, and I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. This council received about 10 minutes before the meeting started. Once I reviewed that late file, I specifically said in asking questions, and I hope you all saw the tape because when I started asking questions and found that it was more than most council members had seen, and I was told of the cooperation or how many people were for three bell. I then said something to the extent of, I don't care what it is, and I'm going to say it again, and I think Sam said it. The, we, we did vote on the resolution because it was, it, it was in front of us. It was late. But that's why we filed this one, because this one doesn't have that same, those same stipulations. I want to be clear. So we're not even... The, the sponsor of two is not, not here. He's not a part of the education committee. But at the end of the day, three is just about cooperating. That's all. I, I, I don't know how to be more plain because we're going to, I keep hearing this, you know, the, the governor's stuff and the three bell. I said, I'm not the expert at this. I don't know. I'm not on the board of education on purpose. <laughs> I've been there. I'm not on there. And it's a, a big, it's a, it's a tough job. But I think that it is the council's responsibility when it is our constituents and their children to say, let's work together. And again, if that, if that's a bad thing, I, I'll take that. But we, this resolution that was put forward by Councilmember Wyatt and the sponsors and unanimously approved, um, it wasn't a walk back. It was a clarity that if it's a 10-bell system, a one-bell system, a, everybody's out at the same time, it's, if it's the National Guard coming in, if it is whatever it is, it needs to be something. That's all this is. And, and the same way we, we weigh in 
on any other topic that's important to constituents where we might not have a vote. We just believe our children are important. We believe our teachers are important. Our administrators are important. We believe education is the most, uh, me, the most important thing that we can give our children. And so I'm, I'm glad you're here because I wanted you to hear that from my mouth and understand of why there is a second resolution and be very plain that this is about cooperation and it is not about what we can't do and what we can do. What we can do is say we want something done and to say, how can we help there? And if it's not three bell, I don't, I, I really, I, I'm not the expert. I don't know. So thank you. Council I really President. appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Council President and uh, Council Member White. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chair. And I appreciate Council President lending some credit, some clarity on that because you know we can sit here and we can pontificate about all this different stuff but at the end of the day our children are still suffering and that's what I just sometimes frustrates me we're one of the third poorest cities of our size in the country and we seem to just get paralyzed over things instead of just coming up with some consensus you know I could sit here and go through the survey and say well you only had 434 people surveyed that's a small amount for I think 36,000 students you know, so we could say, hey, well, why, how'd you come up with that? You only had 434 respondents. So I don't want to do that because at the end of the day, we get paralyzed and forget about the children. It's about the children. It's about the children. And we miss that. And as a, as a grandfather, my children are in school. But guess what? I have, I'm a, a, hey, my son is able to get, take them to school. But there are other kids I see walking in the cold. And there are some kids who get left out there. And that's a reality. And we get so paralyzed by everything else, but we forget about the children. And that's what I said in my very first comment. It's about the children. So I don't want to get taken off base again and not keeping our focus on the children. And if it's about the children, I think we can do better in making certain that we come up with a resolution. Or you try something. Try something. Let our residents know that we're not sitting here just, you know, having our tea and crumpets and they're sitting out there, their children in the cold or not getting on the bus and missing out on what they need to get back on par because they missed two years of instruction because of the pandemic. And we all know who those children are that fall behind. We know who they are. And so let's have a sense of urgency to make certain that we do something and not just go back and forth because we're paralyzed and, and our children deserve better and we can give them better. And that's why it's before this common council. No, we don't have a vote, but we have a voice. And we have the voice because we have in our districts about 30-some thousand folks in those, in those districts that are dealing with this. So that's why we're using our voice. We don't want to take a side, but we are on the side of the children. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Council Member, and uh, very well said. Council Member Nowakowski. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and I just want a point of clarity. I don't want to be redundant because uh, my colleagues have done a, a good job. Um, and just, you know, it's, it is kind of like one of those things is why does the Common Council have an education committee meet or a committee that, that meets and gets to t discuss these topics? Um, you know, just for the, for the, you know, knowledge of knowing that whatever the city of Buffalo collects in taxes, we give half of our levy to the Buffalo Public Schools. So we have to have some form of uh, committee oversight, some a venue where we can have those discussions because we have a responsibility um, to those that we collect a tax levy to. So just so you know, because I, I know that that was uh, a thing that went back and forth of you know why does the the common council why, why are we in this fight? What, what's happening? And I think that it became too much of a spectacle instead of just like the nuts and bolts of what's actually going on. Um, and I'm glad that we're able to clarify today. Thank you, Mr. 
Thank Mr. you, Council Member. Yeah, we're, we're just looking to use this committee to use our voice to help find solutions even though we don't have a vote. Um, and you're always welcome here. I appreciate the data. I love the information um, that you've provided. And we're just we're trying to find solutions and have that voice here. Um, because we do have parents and students come up to us like we are their board members sometimes. We get asked questions because they know our face in the community. So it's important, but I want to get back on to our speakers. Our next speaker is William Green. Is that? Oh, right here. Will Green. Will, Will Green. Green. <laughs> not William. <laughs> it's okay, though. Um, so I, I, I'm not really going to say anything different than what's been said here. I certainly can appreciate uh, the spirited debate. But I, I want to kind of hone in on what the issue is, right? And you, you do have an equity, an educational committee. So it's important for you to hear these things um, so you can explore what avenues and resources you have to affect change where it's needed. It's that simple. Um, what is the problem? The transportation is an issue. It's not necessarily the problem, right? The problem is students are not getting what they should as they are deserved. Um, first of all, Will Green, I'm the Director of Community Outreach and Engagement for University of Buffalo Graduate School of Education. Um, we sit at the table with Sam on the Buffalo Equity and Education Task Force. Um, so this is very much an equity issue. Uh, transportation was a solution. What was offered was a solution to the issue, but the problem is we don't have enough solutions. Spirited debate is how we find the proper solution, but why are we now in 2023 haggling over one solution, right? We have a, a, a multitude of economic resources that have never been seen before while I've been an educator, and I've been education for almost 30 years. But we don't have the proper solutions to use those resources to support some of the poorest students in the country. That's the issue. That's the issue. And that's why we need the support here. We need the support to go to Albany. We need the support and the sound for support to go on a federal level because something is wrong in Buffalo. And I'm not pointing fingers about who is doing what or who isn't doing what, but what I do see is a bunch of passionate people. We've got resources, we've got intelligence, we've got education, then why can't we solve the problem for students? What'll happen is if we don't solve the problem for students, we won't be talking about children who are uneducated and can't graduate. We'll be talking about a workforce in Buffalo that can't access jobs. So there's the here and now, and there's the future. So I guess the request is, all right, everybody, come to the table. The Equity and Education Task Force meets monthly. We meet weekly to plan out those meetings. Anyone who wants to get an invite and a seat at that table can absolutely come, because right now, I mean, we're at DEFCON 1. It's not 5. 1 is the highest level. When we talk about education, we know what the issues were for students. Talk about data. National data tells us that every student has been impacted by COVID and missing school. That means students in urban environments, suburban environments, everywhere. The national data in terms of test scores in math and reading are down by at least 10 percentage points. Ten across the country. 
But now when you talk about Buffalo, when we've already been struggling, what happens to those students? So, Thank you. you know, whatever the resolution is, let's get it done, let's get to the table, let's join the committees, and let's find real solutions to the issue. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Next speaker is Pastor Kinzer Pointer. I believe he is on Zoom. Thank you, um, Mr. Chair, and thank you, council members. First, let me congratulate myself that I've been promoted to a special interest group. Um, because let's be honest, this is not about special interests. This is about children. This is about how do we make sure that young people get into school timely, spend school's time in class learning, and that those things are done safely. And what we are doing right now is we're putting children at, at risk. Children waiting for buses that don't come, that come late, that have them arriving at school an hour, hour and a half after instruction has begun and leaving school early in spite of the suggestion here that that's not the case is just absolutely unacceptable. And the question cannot be, are we going to wait for something to happen to one of these students or more that would be catastrophic instead of doing something that we could do right now? The three bell schedule is on the table. It is a option. We've not heard any other options, but we are open. Let's hear other options. Let's offer solutions. Let's, let's disengage from small targeted kinds of surveys that don't take into account that there are 32,000 plus students in this district and you want to survey less than 5% of those students' parents and then tell me what parents do and do not want. And I hear from parents every day of the week and I see students three days a week minimum as the pastor of church here in this city. And look, as an activist in Buffalo Public Schools education for more than 30 years, it is just really tiresome that people of privilege will suggest that the poor and the ultra poor don't want their children to arrive at school, don't want them to have the basics that every other student in Erie County have that they do not have. And then the leaves children standing on bus stops um, in the early hours of the morning. And yes, often before 6.30 a.m. and getting students home well after the dinner hour. What we need are solutions. And if you're not offering any, please, don't add anything to the conversation, but bring solutions and let's figure out how we adults can do better by these students. Thank you, Brother Chair. Thank you. Next speaker is uh, Bishop Badger. Yes. Yeah, uh, thank you uh, to the council. I uh, want to just say, first of all, that I'm a part of the Sunrise Transportation Committee. And uh, we've been having discussions since uh, July of this year on this issue. And it was brought by our superintendent that the three bell system 
would solve the issue of overcrowded buses without uh, bus aids. It would get our children to school on time. It would cut the transportation time to a half an hour. It would allow us to have after school programs, uh, sports programs, to have uh, field trips. All of the things that children should experience would be able to happen. The issue here, and here is here is the uh, the elephant in the room. It is a fight because whenever it comes to the union and their comfortability versus the benefit of our children, our children normally lose that fight because they don't have a union. They don't have anybody to speak for them. And, and, and so this same union was the ones that said that uh, while their children were back in school during the pandemic, our children were the last to go back to school. So whenever it is inconvenient for adults, we're willing to uh, put our children at risk for the convenience for adults. So what we have in the Buffalo public school system is, a, is an employment system that educates children. It's not an education system first. When you go to the suburbs, it is an education system that employs adults. Here, it is about what is convenient for adults. And the special interest that the young lady is talking about is the parents, the grandparents of children that are black and brown that are being hurt by this, that when they go for employment, they can't read, write, or do math. I've seen the results of this failing system being the chair of HR for ECMC. When we try to put it into effect a way that uh, there could be advancement in, in, in employment, and most of the people that went for the event, they could not read and write and do math on, uh, at an eighth grade level. So we're suffering the consequences of a system that allows adults to uh, be able to be convenient while children suffer at education. This is the only system where you can fail and keep your job. So this is a socialism at its best. So it is a fight. It's a fight for the life of our children. And we're no longer gonna tolerate adults just because they're being inconvenient to feel like somehow they're being attacked. No, you, 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 we're asking you to be accountable and responsible. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Bishop Badger. Uh, for the record, Council Member Wingo has joined us, who has the floor. Thank you, Mr. Chair. First, let me say that I appreciate the intensity of the conversation. I don't particularly appreciate some of the positions, but I absolutely appreciate the intensity of the conversations. The resolution that I did sponsor was in direct result and direct action from an organization, from a group of people, from volunteers, from parents, grandparents, who felt like this is a solution, may not be the solution that is chosen, but it is a solution. This solution was then drafted 
put on paper, and this council did unanimously approve it, adopt it. But I think it's important to understand that it was unanimously adopted because I do believe that my colleagues understand that before this council member speaks, I educate myself. I try to hear as many voices as I can. And that's why it was entrusted to adopt this resolution unanimously, the prior item on the agenda. I appreciate the words and I greatly respect the words of my colleague, council member Rashid N.C. Wyatt, who redirected the conversation to where it needs to be, and that's on the children. I do appreciate the words of our council president, Darius G. Pridgen, when he did state that we are fighting in this council because we are fighting for our constituents. It may not be a fight, but this is a fight a fight for a solution. We are solution-oriented. We are lawmakers. We are legislators. We are policymakers. And when we hear of a solution that could potentially solve a problem, we adopt it, we discuss it, we have conversation on it. This resolution, I'm not sure why this prior item, as it relates to the current item, is being contested so much when there is proof, video of the Buffalo Teachers Union stating what was stated in that resolution. Because I did sponsor the resolution for whatever reason, I've never seen anyone try to discredit an individual for offering a solution and stating facts that were stated before I stated them. And because for whatever reason, I restated those statements, I'm under attack. I don't mind the scrutiny. I don't mind the criticism. What I do mind is saying that it was misstated when it was not misstated. Again, that's why I believe my colleagues, you all, adopted the resolution because you do know that I do my due diligence. As it relates to this issue of transportation, this is again a solution. Please, someone, anyone, offer another solution so we can discuss that solution as well. And I'm praying that we have the same intensity and the same points are argued with the same veracity as we're arguing these points today. And again, to ask this council to not represent our constituents would make us derelict of duty. And that is not what we're in here for. I am not afraid to represent my constituents or the parents that I represent. And for the record, I have been a parent of students in Buffalo Public Schools for the last 17 years. I am still a parent of children who we, we was talking about earlier because of the privilege that my wife and I can afford our children. We can take them to the after school program. We can pick them up. My daughters catch the bus home. We take them to practice. We take them to the basketball games. My daughter has a basketball game today. I believe at Hutch Tech. 
but I have to make sure she gets there and I have to make sure she gets home. What students do we have in our district don't have that privilege, that opportunity? That's the point. That's the argument that should be had. We are talking about a survey of a fraction of the total population of the 32,000 students and families who are represented in our district. I'm part and member of the Buffalo Parent Teacher Organization. I attend the meetings. We do have some very spirited discussions and conversations, but this right here deserves this council's attention. This matter here deserves the people's attention. This matter here deserves to be fought for no matter what it takes for our children to have an opportunity at this world-class education that we are touting that the Buffalo Public School District offers our families and students. All that said, I'm looking forward to hearing more solutions if we can't come to terms on how to get this solution passed. This is an urgent matter. It is an emergency. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Council Member. We have Denise. Denise, you want? Okay, thank you. My name is Denise Barr. I, I really did not come to um, debate or prolong any of this conversation. I appreciate everything that's been said. And many of you know that, you know, I have my hands involved in a lot of organizations in a lot of areas, and I'm not here to actually speak on behalf of anybody other than myself. I have been a single parent. I have been a married parent. I know what it is to have to be at work at six o'clock in the morning and have your children go to school after you leave out the door. I understand all of these things. The only thing that I wanted to add to the conversation, and I had to step out briefly to talk to councilmen, but I'm not sure if anybody raised it. We fought hard to get these restrictions lifted off of these bus passes. I'm a, I'm, I'm a transit rider. I'm on transit all the time. And um, so I know, I've seen what happens to kids when they're trying to get on buses and, and they were rejected. We fought very hard for that and they just got lifted. And so the only thing I'm asking is that we monitor how that situation is going to affect um, times, you know, delays in how children are going to be able to enter into to buildings because there should be an adjustment. But, you know, I mean, we're not going to know today or tomorrow. Um, I think it's important to track this conversation as much as we can openly because you know many of you know your parent you can't attend a meeting at certain hours of the day you can't keep track I, as a single parent what i want to say is that i know like you know trying to be at work work a full-time job you're trying to track your kids you're trying to deal with school you're trying to take care of all of these things and you can't not everything is going to hold your attention all the time not everything's going to have your full attention and so it's very hard to try to be engaged in these conversations it's not that parents hearts aren't in it but they just don't have the time and so i feel like it's very important as much as we say we want to open up the table we want people to be able to have the conversation and 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 to hear but how are we going to make that available 
that's what I I really I want to emphasize. How are you going to make that conversation available so that people can chime in? Even when we were talking uh, be before the beginning of the school year, when superintendent was doing the town halls, and we were talking about, you know, um, how we need to make some changes in in code of conduct. We took a lot of time and did a series of meetings. And sometimes it was a few people in the room for one session. And sometimes it was a lot of people in the room for one session. It, But you got to put that time because you got to make it available for parents to be able to engage if you really want to hear from them. You know, so I, I would say, you know, please, you know, yes, we want to make sure we're serving all of our families. We want to make sure that our kids are getting the best that we that that we can offer them. But at the same time, we just made some adjustments and we're going to have to track those things as well. Thank you. Thank you. I think you make a great point, Denise, as far as um, soliciting input from parents, getting the public input. I um, I think you would have loved more people to respond. It's just sometimes it's it's hard to get a response from uh, everyone. But I think we look at this committee potentially finding a way to have some sort of public meetings or working with another group or organization to um, host meetings at a time that's attendable by parents. Um, and so I'm very interested in that. We'll be looking into that as we move forward. Colleagues, any other comments? Okay. Hey, um, Motion to table. Motion to table. Uh, well, we can't it's, it's, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna let Sam uh, hit one more, uh, one minute reba response. Because this is a public record, um, uh, that Council Member Wingo did accurately um, communicate what was communicated at the Buffalo Education Equity Test, the Education Equity Test Force, uh, and that he was very responsive. Uh, to the concern that we raised, and he and he did say it that way. And like he said, everything that we said was on video, and he shared that. But I also want on the public record us to know uh, that in the city of Buffalo, this is also an issue of race and class, um, that when you look at the students um, who walk to school, um, the neighborhood schools um, that have a neighborhood preference and a sibling preference are um, Olmstead School, which is in a predominantly white neighborhood, North Park which is in a predominantly neighborhood and Lovejoy Discovery, which is in a predominantly white neighborhood. And so what we basically looking at is that the neighborhoods where the white students go, um, you know, Dr. Gary Earlford in the OCI report basically told us that um, it's an equity for us to have in North Buffalo, the only gifted and talented program to be where they have a neighborhood and a sibling preference to be where you have the wealthiest and the whitest part of our community. That same school, Olmstead High School, is in Langfield, and they don't have that same privilege. And so it's also a class issue. Um, a lot of the people that, um, that that survey represents, represents, you know, they don't represent the majority of parents. It, and I think their voice should be heard. I think that that survey represents a group of parents who have the means and probably don't want a three-bell schedule. But for us to now have 29,000 people you know, whose voice not being heard because we listened to 4,400 people's voices heard. I think, especially when the school district just did a survey and they got 5,000 people to respond. I think let's, let's if we can, as a, as a solution to the council, if we can, if we're going to do a survey, let's do a survey. 
Let's do a survey. Let's get most of the people to respond to the survey or at least get a, a statistically significant number to respond to the survey. And then let's see if that's data that can help us. But last point, all while we're doing this, the clock is running out on our kids. And what we want is as opposed to spending energy, proving points, you know, arguing about this or that, can we all get in the room and just come up with a solution? Yeah. The superintendent offered a solution. If it don't work for everybody, let's find one to do or at least go with that until we find something else. Thank it's you. It's about the kids. Okay. Thank you, Sam. And then I'm going to give you two minutes and then we're done. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I really do appreciate the issues. And Mr. Wingo has attended several of our BPTO meetings, and I recognize that. And I really do appreciate how much time you've given to us. I wish that you had represented the voice of parents more since you do come to our meetings, or you had brought this resolution to our meetings, as we have proposed several other solutions, such as holding first student accountable, which actually has made notable progress as BPS has taken that up. It has made substantial progress on the issue so far. And I hope that BPS will continue to do that as they are a private company. Uh, another recommendation that we had was to create uh, more walkable communities in other areas of the city other than uh, these very elite schools, as, as you mentioned before, that though they are very distinct. Uh, there was uh, several people have suggested creating more community schools and creating more priority admissions for people in other schools to live closer rather than busing kids around the city. Uh, I also want to point out uh, my PhD is in research methodology, and uh, a statistically representative survey means that we are getting an accurate representation of the city. It does not necessarily pertain to how many people we, we achieve. So we could have a statistically representative survey of 100 people or of 10,000 people. But uh, currently, the, according to the COO, David Hills, there are only 25,000 students who are taking the bus each day. We received uh, submissions of parents from a variety of schools, including 59A, uh, which is not an elite school, uh, at 59. We had uh, people at Benham Park Montessori. We had uh, representation of parents throughout the district because as the BPTO, we do represent parents throughout the entire district, not just 500 parents at elite schools. So thank you very much for working on this. I really do appreciate the energy in here of making changes to help address these students. Uh, I invite you all, like Mr. Wingo, to attend BPTO meetings. We meet uh, the, on a Saturday every single month at East High School. Uh, where we also have members from East High School as well. Uh, another solution that was also uh, brought from our committee was to provide the parents of younger kids with unlimited bus passes so that they can use that to help get their kids to school. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councilmember Wyatt. Mr. Chair, I, I like to uh, what Mr. Radford said about how do we get more people to respond. And if the school board or administration got 5,000 people. I certainly would like to hear from those folks on this matter. You know, when we're looking at 400, which 97 were community members, 337 were parents, that's 1%. That, okay, well, it, I, okay. So it's, but again, it's misrepresented here. I'm just going by what I see here. And again, I, I would love to hear from other parents and I understand the dynamics we're the single parent and just the parents in, in, uh, in general, the dynamics is, is very tough, but certainly to hear from more people is absolutely important. So I would love to hear uh, maybe another survey that's gonna come out. I know the clock is ticking, mm -hmm. um, but we do wanna hear from those parents to know exactly what they support and what they want 
because their children are losing out on the quality of education that they are deservedly supposed to get. And they're not right now. And we're failing them because we're, you're, we're tied up in the paralysis of analysis as opposed to thinking about the urgency of now. Dr. King talked about the urgency of now. And we keep on thinking about the urgency of later. There's no urgency in later. There's urgency in now. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you, Councilmember Wingo. Thank you. And uh, that is the word that really struck me when I was on my way down here is when Councilmember Wyatt continued to use the word paralyzed. We have become paralyzed by this politicizing of our children, which is shameful, actually. Um, I was a single dad raising three children in Buffalo School District. Uh, I understand if I don't, as council president could say, overstand what parents and families who have don't have the means are dealing with as it relates to going to work, working two jobs, and then stressing over when your children are going to come home. Um, but just for the record, and I want everyone to know this, when I'm attending the Buffalo Parent Teacher Organization meetings at East High School, my very first meeting, I've made it very, very clear. I'm not here in my councilmanic um, capacity. I'm not here representing Masson District. I'm here representing Kennedy and Janelle. I'm a parent of two children in the Buffalo Public School District still. And again, like I said earlier, I've been a parent for the last 17 plus years. So in the school district. So I do understand. I also substitute taught since 2001 up until 2017. I see the other side. My wife was a Buffalo School District educator. We know the teacher side. Now she's an administrator. We know that side. We have seen and heard and felt what everyone is feeling. We understand. I understand. And please don't think that I am trying to to bully anything forward. But again, too, let's offer more solutions to this problem. I appreciate, again, the intensity behind the conversation, and I appreciate everyone's sentiment, but let's all come to a conclusion, uh, a solution, and then conclusion. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Motion? Motion is to table. Seconded by Council Member Wyatt. Motion to adjourn. Second by Councilmember Wyatt. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.